0: Welcome to, You Wear It Well. Hi, I'm your host, Jeff Heiserman, physical therapist and founder and CEO of Spectrum Ergonomics and Occupational Health Services. We're at the intersection of fashion and technology, otherwise known as wearables. We look at the people, products, and research that make up this exciting world of wearables. Are you a fashion designer, electrical engineer, or someone with the dream of designing a wearable? Apply for membership to my LinkedIn group page, Biotech Fashion, and join in the discussion. Hi, and welcome to the podcast. I'd like to go over a a very interesting article, and it is entitled Understanding Heart Rate Reactions to Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, or PTSD, Among Veterans, and it's a naturalistic study. I found it uh, very interesting in not only how it was set up, but the results. And, of course, it involves a wearable. The background on this research is that PTSD being so prevalent among combat veterans in the United States, there is showing a very positive correlation between PTSD and heart rate in many, many research articles and specific heart rate profiles during the onset of PTSD symptoms remains unknown. So the authors in this study wanted to take a look at that. And it was quite well done. They, they took veterans and they were able to get recordings of their heart rate during five cycling events in 2017 and 2018. They wanted to record the resting and activity-related heart rate data using a wrist-worn device. It also logged self-reported PTSD hyperarousal events. So they basically took a look at 99 veterans with PTSD. And then throughout the study, 91 of those participants reported at least one hyperarousal event, which totaled about 1,023 events over the course of their two years of performing this study. So let's take a look at what is post-traumatic stress disorder. It's a psychiatric disorder affecting approximately 11% of the U.S. population And 24.5% of combat veterans, and that's as of 2017. It is characterized by at least one month of re experiencing a traumatic event, followed by avoidance symptoms and hyperarousal events. And that's from the American Psychiatric Association from 2013. Avoidance symptoms include decreased interest in daily life and an overall feeling of detachment from one's surroundings. Hypoarousal symptoms include hypervigilance, feelings of irritability, and an exaggerated startle response following a traumatic event. Other symptoms may include anxiety, insomnia, fatigue, anger, and aggression. The secondary and tertiary comorbidities of PTSD are depression substance abuse, smoking, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, chronic fatigue, and increased dementia. PTSD is typically diagnosed and monitored using a subjective self-report tool. And the authors found that given the known limitations of subjective and self-reported measures, uh, there's a timely need to investigate objective methods for monitoring PTSD symptoms. And since we now have more physiological monitoring methods and mobile health applications, such as smartwatches, it can pick up the heart rate. It makes monitoring these symptoms in real time quite readily available and fairly easy. So the authors were able to go ahead and get to work on going to these events and interviewing vets and then getting them to basically wear the watches. So the results printed in this paper provide critical insight into heart rate covariates and patterns in individuals with PTSD which can then be used to improve and personalize the design of mobile health applications and improve the treatment of PTSD. So let's take a closer look at their method, which I, I found was, it was pretty fascinating. You often don't see this in the research. Naturalistic data collection was conducted during Project HERO's United Healthcare Ride to Recovery events to evaluate the heart rate patterns associated with PTSD. Project HERO is a nonprofit organization committed to helping veterans and first responders diagnosed with PTSD by coordinating recreational events such as group biking as part of a social therapy effort. Now, during each event, the veterans rode bicycles in groups between key destinations for an average duration of three to seven days. The activity involved an average of eight hours of biking each day with the remaining time for resting, relaxing, and social events. The research team joined a total of five events in 2017 and 2018 in these following states of the United States California, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Texas, and Nevada, and also in Washington, D.C. And this is where they recruited the participants from each event. Now, if we take a look at these 99 participants, they all took part in the HERO bike rides. And there were about 500 overall participants, but they were able to get a good voluntary sample of 99. All these participants consented to complete the study and the cardiac data were collected from all 99 participants. And were used for analysis of heart rate patterns. The data collection app was developed by the research team and served several purposes including providing a summary of heart rate activity which is represented as beats per minute or BPM of the user as well as mindfulness features. It also included a function that allowed the user to report a PTSD Hyper arousal event by tapping their finger anywhere on the watch face twice in quick succession, such as a double tap, which created time stamped self reported event. The smartwatches were equipped with accelerometers and gyroscopic sensors, which allow kinematic data, including linear and angular acceleration, to be captured. The app ran continuously in the background and uses smartwatches' sensors to measure heart rate and accelerometer data. Participants can interact with the application throughout the course of the event. So I really thought that was a very ingenious and very simple way of being able to record data, especially in a naturalistic study like this. So in taking a look at the analysis of the data, we'll take a look at first of all, activity classification. Uh, The accelerometer data were used to classify periods involving physical activity, such as riding a bicycle, compared with resting by processing the linear acceleration data. We also took a look at the resting heart rate itself. The resting heart rate is obtained by taking the average heart rate during the moments that individuals are considered to be least physically active. So that's the resting heart rate. So they took an average of that. So that they could come up with the average resting heart rate. Well, what were the results? Well, first of all, we're going to break it up into a few different groups. First, we have characteristics of heart rate and the hyperarousal events. So in, in taking a look at the hyperarousal events you can, and the heart rate changes, you're able to compare that with the resting heart rate too. So most reported heart rates during hyperarousal events peaked between 80 and 90 beats per minute with the median being 89 beats per minute. Now, as far as resting heart rate, their findings showed that the resting heart rates for these PTSD patients range from 61 to 120 beats per minute with the median being 80.46. So we see that the Actual hyperarousal event heart rate median was 89 beats per minute. And again, the resting heart rate median was 80.46 beats per minute, which are fairly close. And they also the results were broken into a category called hyperarousal events and activity. And their results showed that the majority of stress events, 87% of them, occurred when participants were resting. Another result were the effects of medications, sleep, age, gender, smoking, and alcohol consumption on resting heart rate. So not only were they taking a look at hyperarousal events, but they also wanted to see what are the effects of all these things on the resting heart rate. So they took a look at all these other variables, and they came up with some very interesting findings. It's well documented that resting heart rate has a strong correlation with cardiovascular risk. And in general, elevated resting heart rate is a reliable indicator of clinical events. So, in in deepening further into the data, they also took a look at correlation analysis, and they found that resting heart rate and average heart rate during the reported PTSD hyperarousal events were significantly correlated. And I thought this was very interesting to be able to correlate it with such a high degree of probability. Also, the use of antidepressants had a very high correlation, as well as the average heart rate during hyperarousal events. So participants' resting heart rate increased by about 3.7 beats per minute for females compared with their male counterparts. Resting heart rate also increased by 10.4 beats per minute for participants who used antidepressants compared with those who did not use antidepressants. Participants' resting heart rate who used anxiolytics, and those are medications to help decrease anxiety, decreased by 3.3 beats per minute compared with those who did not use anxiolytics. Smokers' resting heart rate was 9.1 beats per minute higher than non-smokers resting heart rate. And participants who had more than six hours of sleep per day had about 2.9 beats per minute lower resting heart rate compared with participants who had fewer sleep hours. The resting heart rate was 0.4 beats per minute higher for each one beat per minute increase in the average heart rate during hyperarousal events. For each one-year increase in age, the resting heart rate decreased by 0.001 beats per minute. Participants who took glucocorticoid medicine had, on the average, 1.2 beats per minute lower resting heart rate than those who did not take glucocorticoids. The ones who exercised regularly had 1.5 beats per minute Lower resting heart rate on average than the ones who did not exercise on a regular basis. So finally, participants who consumed alcohol had roughly 0.4 beat per minute higher resting heart rate than those who did not consume alcohol. Upon further digging into the data, they took a look at heart rate profiles during PTSD hyperarousal events. They took a look at heart rate rhythm and they found that when individuals experience these hyperarousal events related to their PTSD, their heart rate rhythm became irregular and sporadic. More specifically, in most cases, the heart rate continues to accelerate immediately after the perceived, which in this case was a self-reported by the double tap on the watch, PTSD hyperarousal event for an average of about 21 beats per minute For 101 seconds on average, with clear deceleration after about 81 seconds on the average. And for some individuals, it was up to 200 seconds. So for an average of 26 beats per minute. So we take a look that when we see the heart rate accelerating, that it averages about 21 beats per minute during that hyperarousal event. And it lasts for about 107 seconds. And then there's a clear deceleration afterwards of about 81 seconds on the average. And then the average drop is about 26 beats per minute, which may suggest a recovery from the event. However, the authors observed a large variability in such abnormal rhythms with no uniform gradient in heart rate arousal or recovery in PTSD windows. So, we saw some very interesting data just discussed there, and I think it's something that's well worth taking a look at. And for further studies, is which the authors did mention later on in their discussion. And moving on to the discussion, the authors stated that their results showed that all of the 99 veterans who participated in this study experienced at least one PTSD hyperarousal event every three days, with some experiencing an alarming rate of such events. Some had up to 45 events over six days. And remember that most of those hyperarousal events took place during resting activities. Now, although most participants reported not wearing the device between midnight and 6 a.m., about 5% of hyperarousal events were reported during this time frame, which may suggest a significant underestimation of the occurrence of these hyperarousal events during sleep. Their findings also suggested that the frequency of hyperarousal events is almost seven times higher during resting periods compared with periods involving physical activity. Now, this finding also had significance for the design of PTSD monitoring technologies. And their findings suggest the need to optimize designs for detection and interaction during rest periods. Now, they also took a look at demographic factors such as smoking and use of medications, and that was discussed earlier. And they also noticed that antidepressants more so than anything else may increase resting heart rate in veterans who suffer from PTSD. In addition, females had higher resting heart rates compared with males. And those who reported more hours of sleep per night had significantly lower resting heart rate, which is for the norm for humans in general. So in particular, their findings suggest that heart rate patterns during PTSD hyperarousal events exhibit unique non-stationary and high fluctuation characteristics compared with healthy heart rate patterns. So this preliminary evidence shows potential heart rate sensor-based tools for detection of PTSD symptoms. Such detection may play a vital role in supporting just-in-time self-management, digital therapeutics, and coaching technologies. Now, given this evidence suggesting the higher risk of heart attacks and other cardiovascular diseases for PTSD patients, Their findings may support such a link between PTSD and higher rates of heart diseases. Given these known associations between high fluctuation in heart rate and cardiac autonomic dysfunction in individuals, their results may suggest a potential link between PTSD and higher rates of cardiovascular diseases, which is a fascinating finding because we all know that with sustained high heart rates, for whether short periods or long periods of time, in the long run, does lead to cardiovascular dysfunction or diseases. So in conclusion, their findings show distinguishable heart rate patterns and characteristics during PTSD hyperarousal events. And overall, in taking a look at this research, it's quite pioneering in the fact that it was done naturalistic, meaning they left the laboratory and actually went out and had their subjects fill out reports as well as their heart rate was being monitored while the watches were on, both during activity level as well as resting and during hypoarousal events. Spectrum ergonomics and Occupational Health Services provides a broad array of design and engineering professionals for your wearable project. We feature the following design specialties, pattern making, digital textile, athletic wear, sensor, fashion, exoskeleton, robotics, and mechatronics. We also offer beta testing of your wearable in our private clinic. You choose the demographics and sample size, send us the sample, and we take care of the rest. For more information, go to www.SpectrumErgonomics.com for more information. Hey, if you're a startup, wearable company and you'd like to be able to get your information on this podcast. Please contact me at my company website, www.spectrumergonomics.com. I'd love to be able to feature a little bit about what you're doing to let the world know about your wearable. Well, well, Thanks for joining me at the intersection of fashion and technology, and may you wear it well.